1: Welcome back to the Mold to Gold podcast. Sorry for the long hiatus. I was fortunate enough to. Uh, we've been blessed with a baby girl, Sunny Jean, um, which has been um, amazing. So thank you for all the kind messages. And um, yeah, now that I'm getting more sleep, I promise the podcast will be more regular here is a conversation I had with Melanie McIntosh, um about a month ago now um, at her house which was one of the best breakfasts I think I've ever had in my in my life uh, so be sure to check her out at uh, spec spec London speck underscore London you just talk talk um, that's, a, that's a normal.
0: Normal as, as if normally, as just if try as if, if nothing. Just be normal. I've been trying for forty-four years. <laughs>
1: um, yeah. and ignore the computer. Okay. I will. I will touch it occasionally to make sure it doesn't go to sleep.
0: Okay.
1: Um, yeah. Today I have the pleasure of um being at Melanie McIntosh's house, who runs Spec Pantry, and she makes amazing condiments that. You still at uh, Crystal Palace Farmers Market? Yeah, yeah. Twice a week. Uh, Sorry, twice a month. Yeah, (laughs)
0: Yeah. once or twice a month. Yeah.
1: Amazing. Um, So we have in front of us a an amazing (laughs) selection (laughs) of um, yeah. This is like my ideal breakfast, (laughs) the breakfast of dreams.
0: Sort of um, unlabeled jars of pastes and some pickles.
1: (laughs) Why don't you uh, talk talk me through each one and we'll go clockwise.
0: Okay, so um, I've only got a few misos. I actually haven't made any for quite some time. Um, I have a sort of a few in mind, but these are from last year. This is um, one that was... The base is emmer wheat, that a friend sent me from new york and i had a whole load of i make pickled shallots for the market and i had a whole load of the skins left over and so those were just dehydrated and made basically koji emmer shallot skin salt um but it's weirdly
1: smells tomatoey
0: meaty and and it's changed a lot. So this was made in it's so,
1: it's so meaty.
0: <laughs> May last year. So it's coming up to a year. And last summer I was doing a market um, in wow, King's that's, Cross. That's wild. Yeah, this one's so... And I used that um, in some bakes that I was making. And it's just a really... Um, I don't know.
1: You baked it into breads, sorry. Or?
0: Um, that one, actually, I didn't do it made into breads. I used it as a coating for, like, a snack. So in Canada, there's a thing called nuts and bolts, which is, like, a kind of very basic snack that everybody, that all parents have when they're playing cards in the 70s and 80s. <laughs> and um, so you I kind of made an updated version using miso and um, and some butter and, and stuff like that. And so you have, like, Cheerios and... Um, I used some dried chickpeas and pretzels and things like that. And you kind of make a nice paste and then you bake it. So it's just like very moorish.
1: Oh, wow. So you melt yeah. the butter and then you mix the miso through miso that. And, and,
0: yeah. And then bake it. And,
1: um, on the che- uh, yeah. and <laughs> Cheerio. And Cheerios
0: And people sort of pick it, you know, British people are kind of like, why am I eating Cheerios? And it's like this very normal Canadian sort of party fare. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah.
1: I've got to try that. Yeah
0: um so yeah so that went down really well
1: and um sorry can you talk me through the process of that you've made so this, you've made koji with
0: so this one was koji this was rice koji and then i used emmer wheat they're like little they call them what do they call, they're like little buds the like the wheat berries the like wheat berries like before the wheat's been grown exactly um, and so it was equal amounts koji and the emmer wheat berries, and those are the ones that a friend sent me from from New York. And then um, some shallot skins that I dehydrated. I had loads of them, and they dehydrate down to kind of nothing. And then blitz them up and salt, and that was it.
1: Amazing. Do you yeah. have to cook the the wheat berries? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You they're steam, really hard. You steam them.
0: I actually didn't steam them. Um, even when you cook them, they're still quite dry. Um, I think I probably um, let them sit out for a little bit and sort of let them make sure they were sort of a bit more dry and then um, blitzed just a tiny bit to, like, kind of break them up a bit. Oh, awesome. Yeah.
1: And then it's, well, this is now obviously more than a year. Yeah. But when 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 did you first taste it?
0: In August. I okay. waited for a couple of months. And it's the colours changed significantly. It was quite light, and now it's sort of this really reddish... Um,
1: it looks, it looks beefy. <laughs> it does
0: look beefy. It's really, it's yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm kind of impressed. I want to kind of re- redo this one. There's some really nice wheat berries that we can get here from Hodmadods, so I might try and recreate it with something like that. Oh, nice. Um, and then yeah. So these two. This one is. Um, this one, so Jelena from Oblatak, who lives down the road, um, gave me some plum kernel flour from Serbia. So it's defatted plum kernel, um, and this I used fava beans from Hodmodod's and rice koji and the bean water to like loosen it and everything. It's quite chunky. This is also from, this is from a year ago. This is from March last year, and. It's really sweet. This year, last year I did some bakes with those. I feel like it's...
1: Wow, it smells... <clears throat> it smells punchy.
0: I feel like... Um, for me it's like marzipan. Mm. And I love marzipan, so... <laughs> it makes me quite
1: happy. Yeah, the texture's great. Mm. Sorry, so they make flour by grinding up the kernels of plums.
0: Mm-hmm. And it gets defatted. Um and it's a byproduct because plums are used in so many different industries in Serbia and they make um, an alcohol from it so then there's all these kernels that are left over and now they're starting to use so then they use the oil in another um, like you can get you can buy the oil which I have as well oh, okay. um so last year I made some like little cakes like financiers with this and some of the oil as the sort of, the fat element of the cakes; it was
1: quite nice. Wow! No, that's great.
0: Um, this one. I'm if I had any. <laughs> um, so this one, I think, is the hazelnut flower. I can't quite remember.
1: And so when you're 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 using rice koji, uh-huh. and you're What, like 50-50 with beans? And then you're doing flour for...
0: Yeah. Um, So this plum kernel one was actually half flour, and it was two to one beans to flour. And this one I blitzed up because I wanted a sort of more pasty one. Mm. Um,
1: It's got a really deep, deep nutty flavor, yeah. Yeah. You said that's chestnut flour.
0: No, um, hazelnut. Hazelnut. Yeah. But I can't remember. I can't find the lid right now. That's okay. okay. Yeah, and that one is fava beans as well. Oh, this is koji from Koji Kitchen. I didn't make this koji.
1: This is Robin's Koji. This is
0: Robin's Koji. Um, So that's what I made. Still talking about (laughs) Robin's, Robin
1: Sheriff. He makes an appearance in every every, every podcast. Of course, of course.
0: (laughs) Um, so yeah, that's all I have for misos at the moment. Sort of quite thin on the ground.
1: No, they taste, they're they're tasting great. Yeah. Um, I need to try the, I need to actually make the shallot one.
0: Yeah. And it's great. I mean, because I feel like we always have onion skins hanging around. And I think those are something that you can just dehydrate and then keep adding to until Uh you have enough.
1: Yeah, no, I've got to try that. What's this, uh, green, um. (laughs) The
0: green slime is, there's always green slime in this house because of the amount of seaweeds that I have. This one isn't a seaweed, these are shiso leaves, um, and they're pickled in a, it's a tamari that I didn't make, but I just added um, some plum pits to, so it kind of has a nice um, fruity edge, and then... Sorry, a
1: plum pit is like a plum plum kernel? Yeah. Pip.
0: Pit. Okay. Yes. Yeah. 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 And um, so how you eat it is you take one of the leaves. It's been pickled with a few very thinly sliced bits of garlic and some, if you can see at the bottom, there's some nori, so toasted nori. If you take one leaf and put it on top of your rice... you should be able to kind of put your chopsticks around the outer edge of your leaf and then pick it up like that. So you kind of make a little parcel.
1: Oh, nice. Okay. Does
0: that make sense?
1: Yeah, yeah. So you've got your leaf wrapped around your rice. Mm. And sorry, you said the leaf was pickled in Mm. tamari that has plum kernels in it.
0: Yeah, some tamari that I just left um, some plum kernels in.
1: I'm now showing off how bad I am with chopsticks.
0: (laughs) That's fine. Um, And a very thin slice of garlic and some nori, toasted nori. Um, And then it's finished with, actually I think traditionally it would be uh, sesame oil. Mm. But I have a really nice oil that's the unfiltered um, sunflower oil. Mm. Which is quite a Ukrainian um, oil, which um, which is really nice. Yeah. Mm. And apparently, I haven't actually, this is the first time I've made this, but apparently this keep can keep in the fridge for quite like a good month or two.
1: That's so good. I love the shisha leaf. Yeah. Do you grow them more? No,
0: I did them? one year, but I, and I've actually got the seeds. So yeah, I'm going to try and grow some more this year. Those ones I bought.
1: That's great. Yeah, I always yeah. see them in, like, in sushi restaurants on the side, but not a yeah. pickled one.
0: Yeah, um, and I think you can pickle the seeds as well. So I haven't done that. I might try and do that this year. Um,
1: then is this celery?
0: Yeah. So this is a celery pickle, like a tsukudani. Oh, uh, sorry, um, a tsukemono. Um, it's this has kind of become one of my new favorite things because celery is one of those. Weird things that apparently some people don't like. And um, I'm just going to put a tiny bit of dulse on it as well. Can you, so,
1: can you explain tsukemono, sorry? Yeah,
0: so tsukemono is Japanese for pickled things. Um, so lots of different types of um, pickles, which are pickled and can be pickled in numerous different ways. So some of them can be either with a vinegar or it could be a salt process or a brine. Um, And this one, this one was based off a traditional recipe that would have fish sauce in it, but because I use lots of seaweeds, I wanted to see what I could do with a seaweed. So this one has some Scottish dulse, which is that sort of purpley, it's quite a pretty one.
1: It's really delicate. Um,
0: Yeah, it's really delicate, but there is kind of a briny fishy kind of
1: Mm. element it's so tasty i need to um that really levels up the celery
0: and this is like all of the things i would this is my most used sentence like more than the sum of its parts because that's what i always think of you know you take celery which can be extremely plain and you know the best thing about learning how to cook things properly is you know how to peel it. And that's one of the things that people hate most about celery is actually the string. So, oh, so peel you, it. You've yeah. taken all the string out of yeah, this. Yeah, just uh, peel it. And it's actually such a simple thing. And then people who hate, who think they hate celery might all of a sudden say, actually, I don't hate it so much. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: How long would you typically pickle it in this?
0: Um, this one, just 12, it just needs a 12-hour yeah. sort of brine and then it can sit in the fridge for Couple of weeks,
1: awesome, and that's with the ginger and tamari as well.
0: Um, so this is with tamari, Scottish dolls, some dried chilies, a little bit of sugar. I think that's it. Yeah,
1: I'm stealing that one.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, it's great. It's definitely, um, it's always the one that surprises people.
1: What's this porridge? Um,
0: <laughs> porridge. Um, so this is a shio koji I made in early March Um, I was going to use it as a marinade I made this very similar one but I didn't actually ever record what the um, amounts I put in so this isn't quite the same as I wanted it to be it's koji water and sugar kelp so this one here which is the Scottish sorry um, Irish sugar kelp Um, you can taste a bit I'm pretty sure when I made it the first time it was like a really amazing sweet Thing. And this is nice. I like it. It works great as a marinade. I marinated some fish. What was it? I think I marinated some cod cheeks mm. to the point where it kind of gelatinized, and you didn't, you know, I didn't cook them. I just sliced them really thinly, and it was amazing.
1: Oh wow! So I kind
0: of wanted to recreate that,
1: like a ceviche with the yeah. shiokoji.
0: yeah, yeah. But mm. what I think it does,
1: it's got such a unique flavor
0: yeah what do you, what do you I think mean it, it tastes, tastes like
1: fish already yeah but that's just the Irish kelp in there. yeah yeah I would have said if you'd blind tasted that I would have said it was fish sauce
0: that's interesting
1: what because, do you think it
0: mm, yeah definitely fishy but I can feel the sweetness like I know there's no sugar in there it's not an amazake. Um, and I'm, what I'm thinking is, there's so much natural sugar in sugar kelp, which is where it gets its name from, it has manitol in it, that I think this process must
1: draw amplify
0: out. and draw out whatever that is, whatever that's happening in that. Oh,
1: wow. Sorry, manitol.
0: Manitol, which is the natural sugar that's in, in sugar kelp. Um, so when you cook with it, it does kind of, I think maybe if you just, put it in some boiling water and you gave it to somebody and say does this taste sweet they'd probably not think that but because i sort of obsessively taste you know different (laughs) seaweeds i feel like i can taste it and i know it's there and then things like this like these processes i think draw it out and you can really feel why it's so um why it feels so sweet compared to the other ones yeah yeah
1: oh cool yeah
0: um, and this
1: is looks like a green tomato chutney.
0: So this is a green sauce. This is one of the things that I sell at my market and it's been selling quite well. Um it's got, yeah, help yourself. It has um, I s- tell people to eat it as a condiment. Um, I normally eat it with crisps and something and cheese and things like that. Um, it has green olives and gherkins and preserved lemons that i make um and then a few herbs and spices but it has three different types of seaweeds so that irish sugar kelp um it has sea spaghetti which is probably one of my favorites um, also from ireland and wakame mm. and the wakame is just such a great flavor sea spaghetti it does have a flavor i kind of feel like it's probably more there for textural reasons um and the sugar kelp is there again for like a little bit of texture and for that nice flavor that's amazing yeah it's
1: like salsa verde yeah slash tapenade slash yeah it's so fresh and
0: um and it's nice like i do i'm i do eat anchovies and i love anchovies but for people who don't i feel like this is like the perfect kind of replacement mm. sauce to have and it's really great on the side of um actually i've mixed it through hot potatoes and that's really nice and um, on the side of fish and stuff like that. Oh wow.
1: Yeah. That's so great. Yeah. All of the different, I think the texture is the most, is the best thing about it. Yeah. Not like chewy.
0: And it has, yeah, it's, um, I mean it has evolved. So now I've started putting a little bit, I add a little bit more dill. Um, I love coriander. So I've been toasting some coriander and grinding it and adding that in. And I think it's kind of evolved to a place that I really like. That's yeah. so great. And yeah. is that fermented
1: at all? It's,
0: it's not fermented. So my idea was in my in the next time I make it is to add some of this koji. Ah, uh, okay. And I'm I I don't know. I'm th- I'm just going to do a small test just for me and then see how that works. I, f- I feel like what I want it to do is to bring together some of those flavors and make it maybe a little bit sweeter.
1: Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I think that would pair really well.
0: Yeah, I feel like that's the next bit of its life. <laughs> <laughs> that's the, the evolution, yeah. Evolution.
1: <laughs> and this here is this still also again.
0: Um. So this is this is Sukurani. So tsukudani is one of the products that I was making. Um, at the beginning. So Tsukodani is a is a way of preserving. Um, in Japan and typically it would be with shoyu and mirin and sugar and maybe a few other elements and you can tsukudani lots of different things so it's a nice thing to be able to do um, if you make dashi and you have leftover kombu then you can put it in the freezer until you have enough and then chop it all up and make this kind of sugadani and it's cooks down for a couple of hours um, so until it becomes that kind of jammy sort of texture
1: so you put your soy sauce your rice vinegar yeah and then you put your seaweed mirin, in there and mirin and, and sugar
0: mirin. like everything just all goes into the pot and cook it down and you um, don't
1: add, you've got salt already in your sugar, and there's so you don't need
0: yeah there's no salt added um so in, you do and and water goes into it but i've you know when you go through the whole process of like washing all of the different um seaweeds then there's always soaking water so i use the soaking water for that Um, So, this isn't the one that I started making, this is actually a new, new one. Um, I get wakame from Ireland that comes quite differently than the wakame that you would buy from Japan. So, it comes with its spine still on it, Okay. and it's um, really quite tough. So, when I use the wakame, say, in the green sauce or any of the pickles or anything else, I keep the spine and put that in the freezer. And recently, I thought, well, I want to make a new type of tsukudani. So um, this one has... So this is the spines. Oh, really? So it has that kind of really toothsome texture. Yeah. Um,
1: it's like candied... Mm. It's like sweet and sour candied seaweed. That's unreal.
0: Yeah. And um, this is a very... Although I didn't follow a recipe for this. This is just one that I was kind of making up. I put a few chili flakes in it, and I think probably some ginger. Um... This is really reminiscent of being in Japan. Um, when you go to fish markets, there's big tubs of different types of tsukarani, and some of them are spicy, and some of them are really unusual seaweeds that are really, like, mucilaginous. And they, you know, if you're not used to that kind of texture, then it's it can be off-putting. You kind of maybe, if you didn't grow up with eating that type of texture, you kind of have to learn to love it.
1: Yeah, um, I feel like that's a word. That's a word you never get in Western cuisine. Yeah, <laughs> how do you say that again? Sorry.
0: Mucilaginous. And actually, I'm going to keep saying it because it's a word that I would read over and over it, but never knew how to pronounce. So last year, I had to teach myself how to pronounce it.
1: <laughs> and, it and it means it just means slimy, does it?
0: It's or, slimy, or... and it's that thing that. Um, there's so many words that don't sound like you want to have them when you're talking about food. Um, that kind of, you know, like natto, it's that stringiness that kind of is that sticky stringiness that kind of doesn't let go of itself. I don't know if that really makes sense. Yeah,
1: no, I, I see what you mean. Yeah. Where you think you're like, it's like when you're making cheese fondue yeah. and you're trying to get it to your mouth without yeah. putting it all over the table. Yeah.
0: And it kind of just keeps going. And it's a, and it's a tight, it's a texture in... Japanese food that comes up over and over again as being like a pleasurable thing and or they know you know especially like with natto you know it's healthy so it's you know it has its own good attributes so yeah um, and we now know as well like when you look at certain types of fibers and the reasons why they do that it's actually really healthy for our gut and you know how it process it helps process our food in our intestines and stuff like that oh really yeah. Oh,
1: cool! I hadn't mm-hmm. thought about it like that. No, that's so good. I think the fate easily my favorite one, is the, is this green, um, green
0: sauce.
1: <laughs> the only thing that's not fermented. <laughs> green sauce, yeah,
0: the only one that's not fermented. But we're gonna maybe add some koji and uh, some shio koji. Yeah, I, I think
1: that would go so well with the with the yeah. shio koji. Yeah. I'm definitely gonna make that at home with some yeah. fish or something.
0: Um, and this is my first shoyu. Oh, well, you so made the, you made this one. This is the one that I made. Um, this is one that I made with, um, sugar kelp. So we just harvested it before our amino, whoops, that's a very full spoonful, um, for our little amino tasting that we did. Um, but I hadn't pasteurized mm. it yet. And actually now that I've pasteurized it, I really like it. I think before I could only feel the salty.
1: Mm. That's great. But this now
0: feels so much more nuanced.
1: There's some sweetness on the back as well, is that? Yeah. that's from the sugar kettle.
0: I think so, yeah. So it was in for, um, I think I was going to press it at sort of the nine month and then it ended up being 11 months because, you know, sometimes you forget about stuff.
1: (laughs) And you, sorry, for the Mm. process again, you made, did you make koji with? um,
0: With. That was with soybean and spelt, British spelt, um, toasted, and then sort of all the rest was quite traditional. And then I can't remember what the percentage was of of kelp, but um, volume wise, it was probably like five or ten percent, something like that.
1: Okay, and so you you get your you cook your Mm soybeans. And then you grow your and you toast your spelt, mm-hmm. and then you're growing your koji. You're you're growing your mold on both both the beans and yeah. the spelt. Yeah, for what like forty forty hours 40 or something.
0: Forty something hours. Yeah, maybe. Actually, it was less. I think it was less because I just remember I kept thinking how much quicker everything always feels, and actually the temperature spikes really quickly.
1: Yeah, I've often had soy sauce go go over and. Make spores on <laughs> me,
0: yeah, and it kind of was, yeah, that's what, yeah, actually, I should have written it down how many days it was, but or how many hours it was, but I do remember thinking it was just it got so hot so quickly, and I didn't need any heat source whatsoever, um,
1: and then, so when your mold is grown on your spelt and your soybeans, you're immersing it in a brine, mm-hmm. which was like a like a fifteen
0: something, yeah, I think it was about f- something like fifteen, I remember thinking. I think the the first one I did was like 18 and I just thought I wanted to do less than... I think I wanted less than that, so it must have been, yeah.
1: And then at that stage you added your sugar kelp.
0: Yeah. And then... And apparently... So somebody asked me recently if it got very cam yeasty and it didn't at all. And I think maybe... I haven't actually watched it yet, but maybe it was in KojiCon or it might have been somewhere where some... It might have been Bob from Moromi in... um. Connecticut, I think my, he is. My hero. Yeah, I mean, he, yeah. I can't <laughs> wait. We can't wait to have, like, the worldwide Koji um, meeting. <laughs> um, I don't know if it was him that said it, but I because I, I know that he's done um, a shoyu with sugar kelp. Um, so, yeah, I'm curious to see why somebody was asking me about the cam yeast. Maybe it's prone to it. It would make sense because of the sugars. Oh, right, but yeah. it didn't happen for mine. And I was... A little bit laissez-faire with the with its care,
1: <laughs> and so you you stirred that. was is it is it every day? You stir that for the first couple of weeks. Yeah, when...
0: and then weekly, um, and then the care kind of. I, I kept an eye on it. I kept an eye on it.
1: There's <laughs> a sort of necessary amount of neglect when you're <laughs> when you've got loads of experiments on.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I think that's it. Like people sort of. I'm an impatient person, and you sort of think, well. Why would you get into fermentation in the first place? But I think if you have enough if you have enough experiments going on, then there's always something to harvest. there's always something to be you know taking apart and fixing and looking at and seeing if you want to you know change it up or add this or
1: And when you say you pasteurized it, you just then boiled it in a pan. Mm-hmm. Did you reduce it at all?
0: No. No, I didn't know. No, I've only ever I've only actually ever made two shoyu, so um, I just pasteurized it, and then I think something said that there might be a bit of an oil slick on top, and you can pat it. And but I didn't even I didn't really have that. Having said that, some of the bottles do look like they could do with another um, straining because there's a little bit of sediment at the top, which I think is a weird thing. Oh, okay. But um I'm fine with it it's just for me right now <laughs> so <laughs> yeah yeah
1: I'd I'd love to talk about um your childhood and you spent some time in Japan and just your experience there and what you how how old did you say you were when you first went to Japan
0: um I was about 14 and my sister had done a Um, exchange so there was the girl that came to live with us I became really good friends with and as a as a present her family flew me over to Japan to spend some time there and um, school holidays in Canada are quite lengthy and my mom was also quite keen well not keen but was more than happy for me to not go back to school straight away I'm not quite sure why she was really (laughs) really strict about everything else but um, so when I was fourteen, I spent about fourteen. Uh, I spent about four months over summer and um, September, and hung out with my friend. And her dad had a. Um, he had like a so Juku is like a study school for kids. So he'd get me to go in and and help teach English. I mean, I was 14. <laughs> Don't know how good my English was, but <laughs> they just wanted conversations and and so it was great. Like
1: and you were teaching adults? or um kids, high okay. school kids.
0: Yeah. Um and it was yeah, just magic and which, which city was that, sorry? I was in well, they were outside of Kanazawa, so it's on the sea of Japan side. And That's the west coast, is it? Yeah. And it, um, they were sort of in a small town, but we spent the whole summer sort of driving around, going to places. There's a tiny, tiny peninsula not far from them called Noto, Notojima, um, and there's an island there, and it's absolutely beautiful. And you can stay in the old um, sort of, they're kind of like hotels, but little homes, I guess, that you stay in, and you're near the beach and you have a breakfast every morning, and you know, I was 14 years old, and you just, this breakfast would arrive, and I didn't know what any single thing was, um, there was an egg, I remember one day, and I was like, oh, an egg. You know, I was more than happy to eat everything and try everything. And I was like, Oh, I see an egg, and then my friend started laughing because as I was about to peel it, because I thought it was a boiled egg, it was obviously a raw egg, and you're supposed to put it on your rice. And as a fourteen-year-old, I was like, Okay, yeah, this is this is what we're doing, so <laughs> this is what we're eating.
1: Oh, it wouldn't be cooked at all.
0: Um, no, for um, not even for breakfast, but it is quite common to have a raw egg on on, on hot rice. It's set, uh, you know, it doesn't actually cook the egg, but it kind of. I don't know what the word is. But yeah, I mean, I guess it warms it a a little bit. Yeah, yeah. It's a nice... Again, it's the nice mucilaginous texture. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Oh, wow. So they
1: took you all over the place.
0: Yeah. And then um, I went back to Canada and... I knew I wanted to go back. And my, then when it came time, when I got a little bit older, they my school did the exchange that my sister did. So I ended up doing that. And I finished my last year of high school in Japan. And, and yeah, I mean, it just felt like a place that I wanted to live in forever and ever. And I feel sad that I'm not there. but. Um,
1: <laughs> and so you attended high school for a whole year?
0: Yeah, yeah, a whole school year, yeah.
1: And mo- most of your... Um, mm. Like, most of your classmates were Japanese? Yeah,
0: no, there was a few other, because it was a school that took on um, kids from other... It was at the time that I went, it was an all-girls school. I've now since been back and visited, and it's co-ed, and it just feels weird. Um, And so there was other girls at the time from the Pacific Northwest, so from British Columbia, where I'm from, and from Washington and Oregon. So I think there was nine of us all together, um, but at different levels. So there was some girls that had already taken Japanese language, so they were in a different class. Um, and then we did cultural classes like Ikebana, which is flower arranging, and tea ceremony, which is great because basically you just go and drink tea and eat cakes and you have to learn how to do it properly and I thought that was the most fabulous class and other people really hated it but I thought it was great how why wouldn't you want to do that <laughs> once a week <laughs>
1: oh wow and so it's it's like which hand do you use to touch the teapot every
0: and... every I mean even how you walk into the room you have to walk with you know you step in with your right foot and how you turn and how you hold the bowl and what the temperature of the water is and um yeah the minutiae is Kind of mind-blowing. I don't remember it now, but yeah, wow. it was pretty great. Um, we were expected to sit in on a lot of the other classes, but you know, history and all those types of things, but it were like, just the language was far too advanced, so we were trying and do other things.
1: Yeah. Did, did you ever study, since that time, any Japanese? Or...
0: I did, yeah. When I came, so then I went back to Canada for a bit, and then I came to England to go to university, and I think it was after I finished university. I remember walking... I had a job where I was working on Tottenham Court Road, and I saw a sign that said something about language school, so I went in and asked if they did Japanese, and I did a couple of lessons with them. Um, And it was a bit basic, so they kind of put me forward, so I did that for a little while. Um, But that was a very long time ago now. (laughs) But when I went back to Japan in 2007... I sort of could speak a little bit, so that made me feel okay. And then I did some traveling on my own, and I went far to the north. I went to um, the North Island, Sapporo. Um, and it was the first time that people, like if you're in other parts of Japan, they ask you if you're American or British or Australian or whatever. Um, but when you're in the far north, they, the first question is, are you Russian? I was like, oh, oh yeah, yeah, we're so... And actually, the architecture, there's all these like very Russian kind of orthodox churches and yeah it's quite surreal and i think probably pictures it's probably not what people picture when they think of japan like they don't you know they might sort of typically think of kyoto in the the south and and that kind of um weather as well so
1: oh wow yeah and do you do you meet any russian people living in northern japan
0: um no the only other kind of kaijin or foreigners that i saw um i mean um the, the majority of other foreigners that you see in japan depending on where you are um you see a lot of mormons um really yeah there's a lot from of the states? from the states um they go and they do i've forgotten the word actually they go and they do their two-year um oh, the thing sabbatical the where s- you do yeah you. Um, so when I was living there, when I was in Kanazawa, um, there was lots of people that would invite you to their church and, you know, you'd get to know certain people because you would see the other kind of gaijing in, in, in the city. But then when I was far north, I was sort of like one of the few foreigners walking down the street one day. And then I saw two people walking towards me and I was like, oh yeah, I know who you are. <laughs> like, oh yeah, I'm about to get invited to a church again. <laughs> um... So yeah, but that was in the south part of the North Island. I didn't I didn't go further than that.
1: Yeah, I always so. find Mormons super friendly, eh? Yeah. And sorry, so the word you use gai Gaijin, ch-
0: yeah. Which is um it's kind of derogatory, um, you know, because it's like foreigner or outs it's probably more it's probably more outsider. So gaijin's do refers to themselves as gaijin then i think that's okay i think if somebody says it and other people might not feel comfortable with it i can understand i've always used it because it's never really bothered me that much so yeah yeah. i yeah was a person not from there so that made sense
1: (laughs) (laughs) and um i'd love to hear about your journey into koji here in London. You said you did a course with
0: Yeah, with Haru san um, I can't remember. It's one of those funny things with Instagram. Like how do we how did we all find each other? I, I can't remember our our stories in that sense, but I must have seen what she was doing and I thought it was so lovely and I I love cooking and I always wanted to I, I guess it's about finding the nexus of like how something starts, that beginning bit. And if you like i guess japanese food and you know i knew people could make misos it was like well it's kind of knuckling down and getting to that sort of next the sort of before level the next level the next level um so when i saw what haruko was doing and i guess i must have seen that she was doing some classes and yeah eventually just yeah i made made an effort and 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 joined her class and it was really lovely and it's so thorough and so scientific it was quite overwhelming but in a really great way it was really I was working in a restaurant and when you're working for somebody else as great as the environment might be you're still using every single part of you to be doing something for somebody else so all of a sudden to kind of do some learning for myself was a really nice thing as well um and then I could like unlock this magic and make these things and (laughs) (laughs) yeah it Um, does feel like magic
1: doesn't it yeah I'm wondering if you could people often ask me to explain miso and I don't or explain koji and I don't I don't know if I have the words yet (sighs) (laughs) you don't need don't don't, there's no need to go into um go into as much detail as you like but could you actually explain the process or Maybe talk through your class with Um, Haruko-san.
0: And also words are tricky because these are misos. But now maybe I'm sort of more accustomed to saying amino paste and amino sauces for lots of like maybe cultural reasons. Um, The process for the class, um, I think, because it was a while ago now... (laughs) She she set it up really well because when you're making koji and say it's a three-day process, and of course we can't be at her house for three days, she had everything ready that we could dip in as though it was, say, four o'clock in the afternoon and she could say, this is what the rice is going to look like at this point. And so everything was very touchy-feely and we could see the growth process um, and how to wash the rice, you know, like the whole process it was kind of done out of order to fit into this these two days so we kind of saw things backwards and then we had to kind of go home and put it all together um yeah I don't know what else to say about that
1: (laughs) (laughs) no sorry I mean um yeah like if you if someone's if somebody was to ask you how do I make koji oh
0: right okay
1: Where do you start? How do you answer that question?
0: I'd hand them koji alchemy. Um, and um, I don't know if I have the words. (laughs) Um, I usually say that koji is a word that is used for different parts of the process, even though it starts with spores, which have a different name usually asperilis asperilis or risae. And then you can inoculate something very often, rice. And then you can add certain things. And depending on what you add and how much liquid you add, it can either be the miso, the paste, or it can be the shoyu, the kind of sauce is the very kind
1: of... That's the bare bones of it. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, Without, yeah, that's about it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) When was it that you met Jelena?
0: Yeah, we met. So I think I saw her account on, again, on Instagram being a casual stalker. (laughs) And um, she's a potter and makes beautiful pots. And I saw that she does ferments. And I was like, wow, this is my perfect woman. She makes pottery and ferments. I love her. (laughs) But with anything, of course, everything feel, you know, Instagram. you're like, okay, like they seem, I don't know. So distant in that, like, wow, these people are doing great things. I'm not that I'm not there yet. So why would I talk to this person? Um, (laughs) But yeah, I don't know. I think we ended up talking and it might have been because she saw that had done Haruko-san's class and asked to come over. And I was like, sure, yeah, a stranger from the internet's coming over to my house, of course. Um, So she came over and we ended up talking for hours till like like we could, you know, we almost lost our voices. And I thought, yeah, this is my like total bosom buddy. Like, I can't believe we found each other. And what's crazy is she lives up the road. I mean, in London terms, to have a neighbor, and when I say neighbor, you know, within a 20-minute walk is not yeah, normal that's, that's novelty so um yeah very lucky and then we sort of remained friends but I was working in the restaurant so life was obviously chaotic and then during lockdown we really kind of found our kind of connection that we could have our space together and talk about these things and ended up having a, a market stall together which was really nice and it was really nice to be able to do something with somebody because when you're as maybe you know when you're working on your own to be able to talk to somebody else about something feels i don't know it's just a nice connective experience and yeah
1: yeah i've never i've never been more lonely than yeah <laughs> <laughs> more more happy as well yeah but yeah it comes they both come together don't they yeah um so it, def- it definitely helps having a community of
0: yeah other well people who are interested. and having the guild and Hearing other people's questions and knowing that other people have crazier questions than I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that is encouraging. <laughs>
1: um, yeah, it was amazing. We had a we had an amino tasting with different different people um, who make amino sauces last month, and just seeing all of the different ideas there and hearing what other people are doing was like. It, yeah, it makes you you like reconsider everything you've <laughs> you've been doing. Yeah. But um, no, I think that's I think that's great. Yeah. We um. Oh, I need to make you I need to make you taste these. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I was just about to say, what are all these
1: jars? <laughs> this is I'll start you with the serious. So this is Carlin Fox P mm. Miso with Hot Dots. Yeah. Um,
0: Do you sell this one? Yeah, this, this is, is the one you sell, don't this you? This one's on the on yeah, the
1: internet. Yeah, I thought so. Um, so that's twelve. Mm. That's a twelve months.
0: It's so sweet.
1: It's really sweet. isn't For it For twelve
0: months, yeah. right?
1: So it's only eight uh, percent salt, right? Um,
0: it's creamy as well. That's yeah, nice. it's
1: like it's super nutty. Mm. This is the um, so I'm, mm. I've got a bakery, an amazing bakery next door, Rye by the Water in, right. Br- in Brentford, right. and this is their sourdough. Oh wow! It's really, like, the texture's so...
0: It's really chocolatey and, and like, it's like a coffee cake or, like, a... Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's, like, reminds me of saurine.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's, um...
1: This is, uh... I've got a pizzeria next door to me, Santa Maria Pizza. Right. (laughs) This is their pizza. A
0: whole pizza.
1: Um, I just got them to make it without cheese, so oh, that's right. a margarita, just a tomato in a base, basically. Because I was afraid the cheese would go. Um, it's kind of like um, go wrong.
0: It's kind of like um, like a Heinz tomato. Ca- no, tomatoes, tomato soup, like <laughs> yeah. condensed. You know the condensed tomato soups. Do they have those here? I don't know if it's an American. I don't thing. think I've seen a condensed. Whoa. The uh, ones that, like, when we were kids, you'd get the soup and then you'd sort of it'd go thump when you took it out, and then you'd add milk or water or whatever. No. Not oh that. my god, okay, it must be a very American thing. Anyway, when you're a kid and you can't be bothered to like add something, you just start eating it, and it's kind of like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's like quite sweet, kind of intense.
1: You get this, yeah, there's like a tomato y back door. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this This one this one is like it's weird it's almost like a chutney so this is Harry Bird cola bottles
0: oh my god
1: you can see them
0: you can see them they haven't broken down yet
1: (laughs) they're still alive
0: i mean i think i basically just took a chunk of that it's a bit fizzy
1: it's it's um how long has that been going there that's six months this is the... um,
0: So there's no... Is that... What percent salt is that? Do you know?
1: Also 8%. Right. Um, Just with barley koji.
0: Wow. I don't know why, but I just assumed that would go like... I don't know. I don't know. Yeah.
1: This is the Frankenstein Miso. Oh, my God. This is um, cheeseburgers.
0: Oh, my God. It's very... um, (laughs)
1: I've put a portion of chips in there, so it's quite... The fat contents made it quite blue cheesy.
0: Right. Okay, that's what it is.
1: It's quite stiltony.
0: It's before something goes. It's like before something goes rancid. It's like this smell. Mm-hmm. Right. Wow. Ah.
1: <laughs> it's like a, it's like a super strong cheese. It's isn't
0: super it? strong. Um, I feel like you could probably sell that to the like crisp industry for, and they would you know use a droplet of that for packets and packets of crisps wow the Haribo one is like I don't know I feel like it could be put through like an ice cream or something so then you've got like a jellied kind of oh, maybe it'll go like semi-frozen or something like through an ice cream and then it's so yeah I don't know
1: that would be great Sam and Amy yesterday they were to- talking to me about a banana vinegar they make
0: oh right just
1: by smashing up ripe bananas yeah and keep stirring it for a month yeah, yeah. or a couple of weeks
0: with anything like with a mother like the, or with a
1: as in they said there's enough sugar in the banana and you're just stirring it like a sourdough starter. Wow. So you just it's just using wild yeast and then obviously incorporating the the um acetic acid bacteria in there.
0: What's the texture like?
1: They said it was a brown mess. Yeah. But, but once <laughs> once you stirred it it didn't look as bad. Yeah. But she said I think she said she was putting it on this like Using it as a topping for for ice cream
0: oh, which sounds
1: ice, sounds unreal. That
0: could work, yeah, yeah. Like
1: sour sweet banana vinegar. Yeah, maybe it would go well with the haribo. With ice, the haribo haribo ice cream.
0: Have like because it might sort of bring in that sort of acid that you need that a bit of acidic kind of tang.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That sounds incredible. Yeah, I mean that's mostly everything. I put some cheese out because I thought you know sometimes it goes with these things, but yeah, I didn't make the cheese. <laughs> <laughs> we can, we can eat the cheese now. <laughs> This has been this has been the most enjoyable <laughs> breakfast in a long time. Um, so, um, yeah, yeah, thank you. That's right. Thank you so
1: much. Go to Crystal Palace. Go to Crystal Palace Farmers Market. Yeah. And buy um, buy things.
0: Some spec and um, Shotton Guy Market, which is coming back to um, King's Cross, so Lower Stable Street, every third weekend from April to December.
1: Amazing. Yeah. And how do you say sorry? How do you spell your Instagram name? It's S P E C K.
0: Yes, S P E C K. it underscore London. I think that's right. Yeah, London. Spec. Spec, yeah. spec underscore spec London. London.
1: Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Melanie mackintosh Thank you so much. Thank you very much. <laughs>